Good morning. How are we all doing? I'll try and get done before the Super Bowl. You obviously don't know what time the Super Bowl starts. Thank you, Taylor, for such a marvelous song that gives such glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell a story that I found quite moving, and I hope it blesses you as much as it blessed me. In the book, The Time Is Now, The Legacy of Ligon Stevens, it is a breathtaking docudrama that shows the experiences of the Stevens family who lost their daughter and sister, Ligon, in the sudden and unexpected sweep of an, end of an avalanche in the Sangre de Cristo, which means Blood of Christ Mountains, in Colorado in 2008. This was no ordinary 20-year-old. She was quite the experienced mountain climber and had for many years, even at the age of 20. At 18, she covered four summits in the Andes in South America, and no man could keep up with her. She was beyond her years in understanding and living for Christ. She was a very dedicated, passionate, sacrificial, and joyful servant of Christ. Since her death, her story and her journal, which she wrote, was made into a four-part movie that was broadcasted on Day of Discovery on Sunday nights around the world. Her story has over 36,000 sites on the World Wide Web. In Ligon's final entry in her journal, written in her tent three days before the avalanche, she wrote, God is good. He has a plan for our lives that is greater and more blessed than any lives we pick out for ourselves. And I am so thankful about that. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me thus far and to this place. I leave the rest, my future, in those same hands and say thank you. I think God answered a most tragic and most amazing story of her life 
more than she could ever possibly think about doing had she been alive. She would have been a blessing. But through her death, she has touched a multitude of the population of this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you now for this time. We thank you for the opportunity, the privilege to open your word and be fed from it. I always think of David's words, thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So we're thankful this morning, Lord. We just ask that the words that I speak would be your words. Please touch and change our lives this morning. And if there's anyone here who has not yet discovered how much you truly love them, how much you desire to give them eternal life, how much you want them to be with you forever and ever, we pray for this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. If it's been a while since you did a study or even read the book of Romans, I encourage you to do so. Every time I do, it is such a blessing. It is such a magnificent book. Romans, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. According to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and the apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you are also are called of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. Whereas this is a full and rich portion of Scripture, we are going to emphasize the very first verse. But I wanted to share that whole portion with you um, because it is so rich. Actually, I want to focus in on one word, bondservant. Or some versions may say bondslave. What does it mean to be a bond servant or a bond slave as a Christian? A definition might be becoming a bond slave or a bond servant is to unconditionally give up your freedom to another. The decision in Scripture is irreversible. Colossians 4.12 says the following, Apophorus who was one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfect 
and fully assured in the will of God, a rather moving portion in itself. But it shows the character of Christians who give themselves fully to Jesus Christ. To be a, a bondservant, we must first be a Christian. And to be a Christian, we must be born again. Amen? Thank you, you three. The rest of you, not so much. But I know you had it in your heart. You were saying amen in your heart. A little story. It's an announcement that this church put on their... And many churches, especially in New England, love to have a little news poster sign in front of their church during the week. And this one says the following in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. Christian funeral, funeral directors provide many valuable services, but they can't phone ahead for reservations. You must apply in person for eternal life. You don't pray to accept Jesus Christ as Savior as a couple if you're married, or a family if you have children, or even a group. We each have to approach Jesus as individuals. It is a personal decision by us as individuals when it comes to salvation. Can more than one family member at, let's say, a Billy Graham crusade get saved at the same time? Of course they can. But each one of us cannot save our children if we're parents. If, we, if we're married, we can't save our spouse. We can only save ourselves. We are simply lost without him. No Jesus, no redemption. And we're on that fast path to the highway of hell. We need to be born again. I've quoted this scripture many times only because I find it, there's simplicity in the solution when it comes to being born again. I think it puts it so well and so understandable for each and every person. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth, <clears throat> Jesus as Lord... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. It is that simple. If we're willing, if we're humble, if we're needy, he will not refuse us. Ever. But man, in his pride and his arrogance, complicates things over and over again, tries to add to or take away from such a pure, such a simple message. They try and tell you, that's okay, but you also have to do this to maintain your salvation. Or they just absolutely turn around and say, put your trust in this man, or put your trust in this group, 
which is all false and from the devil. Po Fang Chia said the following, There is no better day than today to enter into God's family. On the day Spurgeon was saved as a young lad, he wrote this, When the Lord first pardoned my sin, I was so joyous that I could scarce refrain from dancing. I thought on, the, on my road home from the house where I was set at liberty that I must tell the stones in the street the story of my deliverance, that I wanted to tell every snowflake that was falling from heaven of the wondrous love of Jesus who had blotted out the sins of one of the chief of rebels. Man, that's good stuff. That's, take a moment and remember the day you were born again. Was it not the glory, most glorious day of your life? Yes. There really certainly, and we've had many wonderful days in our lives, I'm sure, but there shouldn't be a close second. A spouse, maybe, <laughs> a child, a parent, a close friend, but still, the day we got saved, should just be one incredible memory. And we should go back to it from time to time. I find it very good to go back to it because I was a very arrogant, rebellious, not a very nice person. He did some marvelous things besides save me. To be Christ's bond slave which is another step. Can you be saved and not be a bond slave? Absolutely. There are carnal Christians even that have truly been saved but lead a sad, rebellious, stiff-necked life. And it is sad. But to be a bond slave, there is something that has to take place. There has to be a prayer of surrender like no other in our lives. And if we do that and we maintain that, our life will never be the same. I enjoy this scripture to express what it is to truly be a bond slave. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. A quote, we can trust our all-knowing God for the unknown future. Who else can? can make that guarantee, no one. But what happens if we approach God with unconfessed sins and a carnal life? He won't answer us. We grieve him 
when we have unconfessed sin in our life and we ignore and avoid him. He wants to rescue us. He wants to take care of us. To me, it's mind-boggling, and, and maybe part of that has to do with the way I was before I came to know Christ. Other than a few close friends, I didn't have many friends. I didn't care to have many friends. I didn't really care about anybody except number one. So once I got saved, once he revealed who he was, once he said, I will take you just the way you are, I was just truly amazed and I fell in love that millisecond with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I've never looked back. Have I been stubborn at times? Have I been prideful at times? Have I been stiff-necked and stupid? Yes. But praise be to God, he does what to us when we get that way? He convicts us through his word, through a message, through a song, through another, through a friend, a genuine Christian friend. Um, I had many wake-up calls in the early days for Sylvia and Adel, and I'm personally responsible for 4,682 of his gray hair. <laughs> True. But I am so happy that Jesus Christ never gave up on me. I can't say enough about that. It pays to be a surrendered Christian. It really does. It makes no sense not to be. But for the sake of, of exploring it, what isn't a surrendered Christian? There is no room in God's kingdom for the princess mentality. I'll throw in king mentality so all the men don't think they can escape this one. But you know what I'm talking about. It isn't about us. It's about Christ. It's about others. Always. Because he'll take care of us. There's no room in God's kingdom for a prideful person. None. Or an arrogant person. Remember what threw Lucifer out of heaven. The moment he thought he was special, the moment he thought he was superior to God. And we have been paying the price on, on this planet ever since. Again, there's no room for a stiff-necked person and these are inbred sins and unrepentant people who walk with them. This is very important. If you had a struggle off and on, but he won the struggle, that's different. A rebellious person. I'm sorry, God's not impressed. And he's not impressed ever with Lone Ranger Christians. Over the years, I've seen some of them. They think they're God's watchdog and it's their, it's their job to jump from church to church to church, criticize and leave. They, they have created in their own mind that they are God's spokesman to correct others. Nothing could be farther from the truth. 
There's no room in God's kingdom for a critical person. A self-appointed judge and jury. There is definitely no room in God's kingdom for a gossip and a slanderer. I'm amazed to see how some Christians who've been saved from that sin have to guard themselves that they don't fall into it in a spiritual way. We are to pray for our brothers and sisters. Is it easy sometimes? No. But that doesn't give us any any leeway not to continue to pray and love them in spite of who they are or what's happening. There is no room in God's kingdom for a bitter, angry, or resentful person or a selfish person. Oh my gosh, what a sin. Always occupied with self. I used to say this, haven't said it in a while, I don't think. Every morning, first thing I see, the greatest enemy to my Christian walk, me, in that picture, in that mirror. I need to turn myself over every day to Jesus Christ. I need to look to Christ for my day, what he wants to do with it. And sadly and last that I've written down, there's no room in God's kingdom for people who love this present world and all that it has to offer because it's just destruction. But the devil's there to give it to you if you want it. Hebrews 12, 24, starting in verse 6, puts it this way, in our struggles, and we have struggles, it's a fight, we have to wear that armor every day, the devil wants to drive us nuts any way he can. You have not resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which addressed you as sons, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and scourges every son whom he receives. Conviction is never enjoyable. It's not meant to be because we're off the path in something. And his word or somebody speaking to us or, or some other way it comes to us makes us uncomfortable. This may make somebody uncomfortable this morning. But here's the newsflash. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to be convicted. I thank God. I've been convicted thousands of times in my walk with Christ. Hallelujah. The tragedy is we don't feel or hear the conviction anymore, we are in a sad state. Always, we need to let him have his way. And when we do that, life is wonderful. A quote, life with Christ is an endless hope. Without him, it's a hopeless end. What is a surrendered life? 
God delights in a humble person. Because that person realizes his standing before God. He understands how and why he got there. It's kind of like that simplistic little poem that is so powerful by Spurgeon when he was first saved. No doubt. Who also called himself the chief of revels, and he was a young man when he was saved. What does God delight in? Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, will you, you will not despise. When we came to Christ, if we remember, we were broken. I hope everybody can agree with that. We were needy. And the day we got saved, or the night, we were desperate for him and what he had for us. We weren't sorry for our circumstances that got us there. Oh, no, 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 no. But we were full of remorse for our sins and what they had done to us and others. That's the platform we approach him when we truly get saved. But know this, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God expects us to always be accountable and to live a surrendered life in his strength. And when we're walking with him, and we're, when we're letting him have his way in everything in our lives, we have that strength. We have that joy. We have that peace. We have that empowerment that so blesses us. And guess what? That's a testimony that other people see. They don't see the carnal. They don't see the rebellious and the things we talked about. If anything, they're annoyance. And how sad should it be for a Christian who's not walking with God have one of those things that other people in the world look at and say, I don't want what he's got or what she's got. With our heads bowed with our eyes closed. Take a moment and remember the day you came to Christ. And when you got up or opened your eyes from that prayer with tear-stained eyes and the burden that had disappeared, that weighed you down, weighed me down for all those years. What a glorious time it was. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever trust and love him 
in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel that sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. With our heads still bowed and our eyes shut, if anyone wants to spend some time and wants me to pray for them in accepting Jesus Christ, just please lift up your hand and put it down. Anyone at all that has that desire. And if there's anyone here that's been a Christian, but somehow things went wrong, and you'd like me to pray for you, this is between you and me. Just raise your hands, and I will pray for you. Is there anyone? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We just ask that you bless it. Bless the remainder of it. Bless this body of Christians. We're so thankful for them. We rejoice in you, Lord Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And yes, hallelujah, what a Savior. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.